0: And I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Lexi Fema and Taya Johnston. Unfortunately, Miranda Thomas is unable to join us today. In this installment, we will be discussing the season three episode, Fast Food for Thought.
1: As Jen mentioned, we are discussing third season's Fast Food for Thought. It originally aired on December 16th, 1985, which is exactly one week and 35 years ago today. Mm -hmm. It was shown 12 out of 22 We uh, have it on our list as number 18, and uh, this episode was directed by Ron Satloff. He was born on October 27, 1938 in New York City, New York, and he died in July of 2018 at the age of 79 in St. Petersburg, Florida. He's got 57 directing credits to his name. Although this is his one and only Scarecrow Mrs. King episode, he did direct three episodes of Hunter for you, Jen. Eight episodes of the Perry Mason made-for-TV movies. I didn't realize there were so many of those. Uh, He did uh, also direct one Charlie's Angels, but it was in 1980, so definitely no Kate in that one. He uh, directed five episodes of The A-Team, five episodes of Riptide, two episodes of Father Dowling's Mysteries, four episodes of Silk Stockings, and his last gig was five episodes of The Condo Cops. In 2015. I'm not familiar with that one. The writer was Rob Gilmer. Uh, He has 38 writing credits to his name and 14 producer credits. He's written six episodes of Scare for Mrs. King, starting with Lexi's absolutely favorite episode, Welcome to America, Mr. Brand.
2: Uh, And then
1: Fast Food for Thought, this episode. Uh, Also, Stemwinder 1 and 2, Bad Timing, and Do You Take the Spy. He also was the supervising producer of 17 SMK episodes and the co-executive producer of 14 episodes. Uh, And they were spanned across season three and season four, 17 in season four and 14 in season three. He also wrote for Magnum P.I., Knight Rider, Father Dowling Mysteries, and Knott's Landing, uh, as well as others. He last worked uh, as an executive producer in 2016 on Wedding Bells, it was a TV movie. So the first guest star I'm gonna talk about is Barney Martin. He was born in 1923 and died, unfortunately, in 2005. And he is best known for being uh, an actor in Arthur and the Producers, which I can totally see him being in. And then I, and and I'm sure Jen, especially, uh, remembers him uh, in Seinfeld, right, Jen? Love Seinfeld. Yeah, but do you know who he was? Um, no, off the top of my head, no. <gasps> Jen, I can't, we need to take your Seinfeld card back. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know. Well, you, why don't you tell me? <laughs> he was Morty Seinfeld. <laughs> he was Seinfeld's dad. Yes. No. Yeah. You're right. No, I know I'm right. <laughs> yeah. I read it. Well, no, he, he was. He was.
0: Like, like you know, his face in in Seinfeld versus here.
1: Yeah, I know. It's so funny though, because you see him and you're like, "Wow, that guy looks so familiar." And then you're like, "Oh my God, that's that's Morty Seinfeld." So he was in He's twenty episodes. character just characters.
0: Yes. Yes. So much
1: more. He's well, definitely more likable on Scarecrow for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Born in March 1923 in Queens, New York, and he died March 21st, 2005, at the age of 82 in Studio City, California. So a good long life for a good guy. He has, along with being morty seinfeld he's done a ton of different things he's got 87 acting credits his last one was the center of the universe it's a tv series Uh, he played maury in 2004 he did the voice uh for ambassador major in buzz lightyear of star command so that's kind of fun he was uh on a couple episodes of punky brewster a couple episodes of trapper john md uh, the twilight zone different strokes Saying Elsewhere, Night Court, Hill Street Blues. Just a ton of episodes of our youth growing up, for sure. Uh, He was also on Cagney and Lacey, which is one of my faves. So I remember that one. I don't remember exactly. I remember him being on it. I just don't remember what character, you know, what episode it was. But I do remember seeing him on there. He also, going back uh, even further, the Patty Duke show, uh, Jackie Gleason. So he's been around for a long time. His first gig was... uh, the Phil Silver Show uh, in 1955, holy moly. He was uncredited, mm. long time. Really good uh, character actor for sure, lots of fun. The next one we're gonna talk about is Pamela Susan Shoup. She played the, the, the endearing, and insert sarcasm here, uh, Carla, mm-hmm. quite. At one point she was Marvin and Barry Metz's girlfriend. Ew, that's so nasty. So she's got 49 credits to her name. She was born in June of 1948, a fellow Gemini. She likes long walks on the beach. (laughs) Sorry. She was born in Hollywood, California. So she was born to be an actress, I'm sure. Uh, She's got 49 credits, uh, acting credits to her name. Uh, And they include this, obviously this episode as Carla, which I didn't realize what her name was, but it's Carla Quite. Who knew? Mm-hmm. her first uh, acting gig was a voice and it was uncredited as a student hippie sculptress in changes in 1969 my goodness that's a long time ago uh, she was in the rookies uh, as Patti Lewis in the bear that didn't get up in 1972 so that's the first season she was in emergency the incredible Hulk Hawaii Five-0 Vegas Magnum P.I. Simon and Simon Dragnet Murder She Wrote And then her last uh, gig uh, was in 1996, so quite a while ago, as Dr. Jennifer Harmon in Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. Uh, And that was just a a one-episode guest star. The next one I'm going to talk about is Peter Evans, and he played Barry Metz. He was the loser son of Marvin Metz. I believe Marvin called him a lazy son of a gun. He was born in May of 1950 in Englewood, New Jersey. And he was also in Arthur, which is interesting. So he and his his character dad were also in the same one. Uh, he's also uh, was in Remington Steel, 9 to 5, the movie, which I totally loved. And unfortunately, he died on May 20th of 1989 in Los Angeles, uh, California. So, wow, he wasn't very old. Not at all. He was 39. and it wasn't that long after making this episode either. Yeah. It really wasn't. Bad. Oh my gosh. Scarecrow killed him. (laughs) He has only 13 acting credits to his name and the last one was, okay. So I guess he wasn't in nine to five, the movie. He was in the TV show. Okay. I didn't realize that. Okay. So he was in, in Inspector Clouseau as uncredited Swiss banker in 1968. So he goes back far too, which he would have been really young. He would have been 18 at that time. Uh, And then he was in St. Elsewhere, Remington Steel. Then he got the Scarecrow gig playing Barry Metz. He was in Simon and Simon. And then he did 19 episodes of nine to five, the TV series. I didn't realize it was a TV series. I didn't know they made it from a movie into TV. How do you do that? If you've seen the movie, that's kind of interesting. So unfortunately, uh, an untimely death for him, which is sad. And our last guest star we're going to talk about is Robert Benedetti. And he played Cecil Bendix. He played Cecil Bendix, the disgruntled chemist that worked for uh, marvelous Marvin Metz. Robert Benedetti was born on February 27th, 1939 in Chicago, Illinois, And, uh, that's the same uh, birthday that our dear, uh, Miranda has, um, much, much later, obviously she wasn't born in 1939. (laughs) He's got 29 acting credits to his name. His first one is the bionic woman. And, uh, and then his second. So he went from bionic woman in 1978. Okay. One, one credit, right? And then he didn't work again until 1985 on Scarecrow on this very episode. Wow. Isn't that That's interesting? It is a long break. Seven years. And then uh, then he went on to guest star on Hill Street Blues, New Heart, Starman, Jake and the Fat Man, L.A. Law, Crime Story. Um, quite a few from that I remember from my childhood. Um, my, my I don't remember this one, but my mother my stepmother is an alien. Okay. Mm -hmm. cheers cbs school break special i mean who doesn't remember those those are always fun after school special type things uh freddie's nightmares growing pains quantum leap and then his last role was in 1998 aldrich ames traitor within tv movie so that was his last gig yeah he's still alive so but damn he's 39 so he's got to be 80 one right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He was in Elvira, Mistress of, of the Dark. That's from our childhood too, Jen. Do you remember her? She was like that vampirist type thing. Yes, yeah. I do remember her. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that'll do it for the guest stars. For the synopsis, Lee and Amanda go undercover as prospective franchisee owners of Marvelous Marvin's Burgers in order to stop the baddies' plot to kill thousands of people. <laughs> this episode ends enters. This episode begins with very intense music, as always. And then we get a beautiful shot across Washington, D.C. We see uh, my favorite, the uh, Jefferson Memorial, all lit up. And then we have the music kind of gets a little more intense. And we see a guy walking quite fast. And uh, somebody's following him. And he's in a, we later find out, a a marvelous Marvin's hat. And he's got the button on and everything with the coat. (laughs) It's quite funny. He's being chased by very slowly by a car. The car just seems to be, like, inching right along with him. And the guy jumps over the fence. So now he's safe. So he seems to be safe. But yet then he jumps over the wall again. So now he's back on the street. And then he's like, oh, like, I'm safe. And then, dude, the car comes around the corner and he just stands there. Yeah. He totally gets, Well, how did Lee say he got a carburetor down his jammed down his throat, I think is what he said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I don't know how he didn't get away. He could have I
1: jump. Like jump over the wall again, into dude. You street. already did it. <laughs> or
0: into the street because
1: he's yeah. way over against the wall. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so a couple things. In the script, which we do have, uh, it is a shooting draft dated November 1st, 1985. And in this, the uh, hotel, the, the hotel is supposed to be called Tally Ho Motel. Instead, <laughs> we get the Fox Run Motel which this is actually a a hotel. It's a holiday inn. And this is also um, used. I'm sure you guys totally know this. You already saw it. You totally picked up on it, I'm sure.
2: Wait, it's with his uncle, right? Yes. Oh my gosh, my little grasshopper's grown up. (laughs) I did recognize it because it's it's so different looking. It is, it is. The guy fell out the window, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: okay. Well, and didn't we visit this when we were in Los Angeles? I did. I don't remember if you, uh, we didn't do it as a group, Jen. I've been there. Okay. I don't know. You might've, you might've gone. I don't, I don't think we went. I went with David. I don't think you went. Uh, so it might've been you going by yourself or something. No, I'm pretty sure we went by there, but anyway. Hmm.
2: (laughs) Maybe,
1: maybe right we did. I, I have been known to, uh, uh, so it is, uh, supposed to be in the script, the Tally Ho Motel. Instead, it's the Fox room Motel. And yes, Lexi, you're totally right. It was the same hotel that they used. He was an airman and he had tickets to Hawaii in his pocket, but he supposedly committed suicide and jumped from the window. Yeah. He was pushed. Anyways, that's where supposedly that happened. When Amanda was in that really pretty white coat, remember? I feel like I remember Lee's coat more than hers, so I don't oh, know why. What is wrong with you, woman? That was a gorgeous coat. I love that coat. Okay, anyways.
0: Aha! Uh-huh. I just found my pictures of when I was there.
1: <laughs> Who were you there with? I thought it was you because I don't think I went with anyone else. It's a yeah, are you cheating on me? Are you cheating on me? You going with somebody else? No. <laughs> you were there. After that, we went by the school. Okay. Okay. I had an order. I had an order okay. Right so it here. was that Sunday that we went to Mike's then. Yes. Okay. Got it. Alright. I didn't realize we yeah, went we there. Ate- I didn't I don't we remember going there twice. Yeah, we ate at the omelet
0: place. I'm just following the order, then we called the inn. Then we went to the school. Okay, you're right. Um
1: good memory, my bad. then we went to the racetrack, which Yes, that was really cool. Yeah, it was. So you guys will notice right when we see the hotel we see Lee's Corvette right there. And <laughs> so you see it's three N uh, six one oh five on his license plate. Later, it'll be one that starts with a nine. I can't remember what it was, but it's the other one. You'll see that one later. When he tears out, it's when he tears out to go get a band, I think. Lee is here at the hotel because he's there to find his friend who just got, if you remember, the carburetor shoved down his throat. So he's the one who couldn't make it over the fence the third time to save his life. Lee's coming there and notices that uh, the whole room's been trashed. It's the same hotel room that they use for uh, Lee's room later, I think. And they just kind of clean it up, maybe. So he goes right into the bathroom and goes to the to the toilet. And then he's got a little, it's gross. Um, I always have to remember the tank is clean. It's just clean water, Taya. Yeah. He goes to the tank and he fishes out a baggie, a Ziploc baggie, and it has some um, negatives in it. And uh, some, some information in there. So he takes it back to the office. Billy and Francine and Lee are all standing in Billy's office uh, discussing it. And Billy's looking at the photos that have come from those uh, negatives. And then they're trying to figure out what his contact, uh, Eddie, uh, was talking about when he said Colossus. And is saying, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. He was never easy to figure out. And Billy says he was a flake. And she goes, well, he was a better hamburger salesman. It says he left D.C. and bought a Marvin stand in Boise. He was named franchisee of the year twice and promoted to regional sales manager. And she said, that's pretty big cheeseburger. And I love it. Billy goes, please. (laughs) 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 Like, don't give me that cheesy stuff. Oh, there's another one. Cheesy. So Lee then has a little tape recorder and he plays a message left on his home voicemail. And apparently this Eddie person used to be an agent and then he, um, was probably scooched out. It sounds like, cause Billy didn't seem to have a, a high, uh, opinion of him at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, but Eddie tells him to listen carefully, red Robins on the wing, old buddy. And here's, he's a real Colossus. Got a big trip ahead of him. Thousands of miles, maybe. And it could be bad for his health. Fatal. Maybe. I think someone should clip his wings. Call me the Fox run motel. Rustin. so Rustin Virginia, and so Lee said they have a code between them, and Red Robin translates to Red Alert, and thousands of miles means thousands of people, but they can't figure out what Colossus is, and he's like, well, whatever it is, it's you know, it could kill thousands of people, and he said, and Eddie's in the hospital because of it, and Billy's like, it says the police report says it was an accident, like yeah, yeah, oh, it was a radiator, not a carburetor, uh, it was a radiator shoved down his throat, so. Lee thinks he's on to something, and Billy kind of needs to be talked into it. So he wants to go to this hotel, or motel, I guess, um, to find out what's going on with, uh, to, to get inside of this Marvelous Marvin's thing, because he thinks that's what it is. Now, we have to talk first and foremost, ladies. Francine's brown outfit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not ideal. Not a big fan. <laughs> Not it's a like big
2: a checkerboard of... Hell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were like, "What are the ugliest colors we can take, and let's just make it seem like the machine threw up, and that's the sweater. That's it."
1: Do you know what it looks like? It looks uh, like um one of the Mario Mario Kart oh, tracks scenes that he has to run through and stuff.
2: Yeah. Like
1: uh, like Donkey Kong or or. <laughs> mhm. Doesn't it? There's a Mario Kart yeah. trick. I think it's a Bowser Castle. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. It looks a lot like it. it does. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they took That's it out Francine's uh, outfit. Yeah. But I do like how he's like, uh, "Well, you're gonna need some backup," and then Francine like walks up, like, "I'm here for you," you know. And he goes, "I have just the person in mind." She's like, <sighs> "He goes, excuse me." <laughs> She's just so used to it now, and she she looks at Billy like. Can you believe that? And then Billy's laughing and then he like clears his throat like, uh, uh, I mean, nothing. Uh, I'm not doing anything. Right. <laughs> that was really cute. It's, it's kind of weird. There's
0: a time when this starts, you know, where she's kind of jealous and wants to go out and camp. Yeah. Whereas before, he didn't seem to do that. Mm-hmm. I guess it was sort of what, around mid season three. I don't
1: know. Yeah. Where she, it. you think she kind of just got used to it or whatever.
0: Yeah. I don't know. But season one and two, I don't remember that. I remember it um, in the tennis episode. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's true. It happens now a few more times. Plank but keeps. Yeah, I guess it's highlighting
1: that he wants Amanda to be there. Yes. <laughs> well, Francine's not too happy about that, but it's kind of funny. So in the script, right after this scene, they're introducing Marvelous Marvin's Hamburger Place. And it says, As garish and wonderful as we could afford to make it, all red, yellow, and blue. A drive-up driveway leads to a menu where motorists place their orders. We can see the king wagon pull up to the menu and here, Philip. Okay, I'm going to order first. Jamie, it's my turn to order first. And then inside we see Amanda, Dottie, Jamie, and Philip. The kids are excited. Dottie looks like she's got a bad headache. Uh, I almost read that as mustache. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Dottie's got a real bad mustache. (laughs) Amanda says, hold it, hold it. I'll order and I know what you want. To Philip, she says, a double whammo with double cheese, pickles and mustard. Jumbo rings with lots of ketchup and a Choco Blacko shake. To Jamie, she says, torpedo burger with extra secret sauce, jumbo fabulous fries and a monster mug of cola. No ice. The, The kids look at their mom with respect. Dottie looks at her like she's... Martian. Amanda shrugs. Just takes some practice. See anything that interests you, mother? Dottie says, absolutely not. Very primly. When you were growing up, we never ate food like this. Never. Suddenly, we hear a voice. Lee's voice. Could I have your order, please? Reacting, Amanda says, where are you? Who are you? The kids groan at their mother's confusion. She's too lame. Amanda shushes them with, with a stare. <laughs> Lee says, I'm the scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz. Come on, lady, your order. You're holding up traffic. (laughs) Amanda, totally surprised, says, what are you doing in there? Dottie and the kids react to Amanda's comment. I'm trying to do my job. You got a problem? See the manager. And Amanda says, well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. To everyone, she turns, I'll be right back. Order, off their looks. You've got to stand up for yourself, even at Marvin's. The kids ad-lib their support. Dottie just stares. Amanda gets out, heads for the rear of the restaurant. Then we have a rear of the restaurant where we find Lee wearing a Marvin's hat. Amanda hurries up to him. Are you crazy, Lee? He goes, I heard you over the box. You know your burgers. I'm a mother. I have to know this stuff to survive. What are you doing here? Looking for someone to get into business with. Interested? She says, I don't know what kind of business. He says, does it matter? She said, sure. I can't just do anything. I've got a reputation to protect. And Lee says, oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. She says, yeah. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then We're back on this King Station Wagon. Amanda comes across the parking lot, climbs in. Philip says, what happened, Mom? Amanda shrugs. I made so much sense. The guy suggested I buy one of these places, said I'd be a natural. What do you think? The kids yell their approval. Dottie looks like she just got a terrible headache. Amanda smiles. Amanda continuing, well, Mother, well, always, we've always talked about a business of our own. And then we cut to the hotel. Isn't that funny? A funny scene wow. that we did, totally didn't get that's, to see. <laughs> that's,
2: I mean, it would have been cute to have the moment between like Lee and the family all there. But... Yes,
1: and, and very reminiscent of the first time at yeah. uh, movie's dock you know? That's, That's what beautiful. I was going to say. It
2: reminds me of that. So yeah, it's, kinda sweet.
1: it's really cute. Yeah. Instead, what we get is a slimmed down version of that, where she's coming home from going to Marvelous Marvin's. She's goes through all their orders. Oh, yellow flowers. And she she calls off all their orders and gives it to them. Does anybody eat fish fillet sandwiches? That just sounds awful. I mean, I hate seafood, but I mean, from a fast food place, that just sounds Terrible. I've never tried it. Mm-mm. Jen, did you ever there's have a, this?
0: Um, not in a sandwich, but there's a, oh, kind of. There's a place called Burger Bill in Oregon that makes the hell of it. Like really good fish, even though it's fast food. Yeah. And so I do eat that. But, but it's not it's a sandwich.
1: Fish. It's like, uh, like a fillet. It's like fish. With I think the you can get it
0: either or, and oh, I would okay. get it in a sandwich. It's a really good fish, but um, yeah, not from you
1: know a typical fast food place. Right. Right. Well, they like mother like daughter. They both had a fish sandwich, so just one with tartar sauce and one without. <laughs> yeah. So she goes to get uh, Dottie some milk, and then she realizes her her young man is in the uh, window, and she uh, heads out to go talk to him. So then that's when he asks her uh, if uh, he's that he's looking for a business partner. Is she interested? And she goes. She goes. What kind? And he goes. Doesn't matter. She said no. Like really quick. Like no. I think that's cute. I do, too. Much better than the first. Yeah, I think so, too. They look so know, cute, I always, though. I always,
0: I always like the window-peeping scene, so. You're <laughs> oh into that, I, huh, Jen? Yeah, <laughs> I
1: we. Yeah, no yeah. doubt, right? You can keep in my windows any time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> So he does have a different, he he pulls in with a different, he pulls in with a different Corvette. So this one has the 9385S2 as the license plate. Yeah, 5S2. So he just, he's got two different, oh, I know why. Okay, I get it. The license plate is from Maine. Now I can see it. Before I couldn't see it. So this one actually, wow, they actually followed through Ah. on something. That is they could have zero. done, you know, like the a rental car, but nope, they didn't. It says Maine and it's, it uh, definitely has uh, that plate on it. So good for them. I guess it made
2: sense yeah. why it was like so prominent, like, you know, to look at it while they're pulling in right. like that, like that. That's right. attention to detail. Good yeah. job. For once. Organized that, but,
1: yeah. <laughs> for once, right? They're being good agents. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why they did that. That makes total sense now. Um, So they're pulling into the hotel uh, parking lot, which actually is that hotel's parking lot. And they pull in and and it's so cute because Amanda's like rushes through like she always does, like start rambling off things. And he's like trying to interrupt her. And she's like, "Now just let me get this out. And he's like, "Okay," He's just like, yes, like, yes, ma'am. Like they're an old married couple. And uh, and she's like, now just I know we're not going to have any problems now, but you know, we're out here, I like that, we ought to, ought, we ought to mm-hmm. deal with them now, so we don't have problems later, but we're here in the parking lot, and we wouldn't want to have any problems later, she goes, like, if we could just get some things straight, he goes, Amanda, this isn't necessary, she goes, I know it isn't, just indulge me, okay, he's like, all right, he looks so cute right there, she goes, I like to take my shower, first thing in the morning, there's some men that like to go in the bathroom, lock the door, they go in the, in with their newspaper and shave and i don't know what they do in there but they take over an hour and i hope you aren't one of them <laughs> uh-huh. anyways if you are maybe we could figure out some kind of compromise that's comfortable for both of us the other thing is i like when i sleep at night i like to leave the window crack just about this much he goes uh-huh and he's just indulging her at this point and she goes but if not if that's not okay i'll just if it's not i'll, I'll just crack it just about this. And she brings it down a half much i almost chose
2: this as my um amanda antic. oh uh, yeah i chose a different one because really this is like so classic amanda like just just she doesn't stop she just keeps she going just going, going, rolls going. right
1: over him yes
2: yeah but <laughs> i chose a different one but this would be a good one to to you
0: this whole scene made me want them to actually stay together as husband i think that would have been cute Oh, it would have
1: been yeah.
2: adorable. <laughs> i was like, like darn it
1: <laughs> I, know. I know I I. hate that they set him up as uh, brother and sister on this yeah but it's just so missed opportunity I think
0: and if we like really wanted to get together with her later as he kind of implies he could have just quickly changed the story like okay yeah we are yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably would have changed the registration but hey yeah yeah yeah
1: but he's like no you know we have our own bathroom or bedroom the whole works you know it's just brother and sister and she's like oh and she's kind of like affronted by it she goes well that'll make things much easier and he goes yeah And she goes we don't look a thing alike And then picks up her stuff and goes, now this is one of my uh, nominations for Wonderful One-Liners. I think this is super cute of her just having, always having to have the last word. And then when it is, it's like that little zinger, you know, like we don't look a thing alike. Just Mm -hmm. reminds me of um, Saved by the Bells when she says, um, I don't know how they could think I'm you. You're so much taller.
2: (laughs) Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Except I think they kind of do look a little bit
0: alike. Do you? <laughs> but, yeah, I do. Huh. Just that, you know, they could definitely pass as brother and sister, I think. Not that I want them to, but yeah. I don't think they look it horribly different.
2: Yeah, I, th- I see what you're saying, Jen. Like, they both have the, They're both like, gorgeous. longer <laughs> face thing, uh-huh. like the brown hair, even though it's not the same shade. Um, like the cheekbones, they both have really good cheekbones. I could see, like, I could see that they would pass, you know, it's not like they're, it's not like Billy and Francine, you
1: know, where it's like, oh, (laughs) if they're
2: related, they gotta be sex siblings, so. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I like when she gives him a little zinger and then he goes to say something and he's like, um," and then kind of gets stopped by it. I I like how he does that. It's cute mannerism Mm -hmm. that he does. So they go into the hotel and there's this very garish what, like they like they described um it's uh the entryway and it, this truly is the hotel entryway hmm. uh jen you, you recognize it right
0: yes i was just looking at the pictures it's just very white now yeah it's, it's definitely
1: obviously thank god uh they updated it but but i mean is yes. the the structure the walls everything is all still like that that's what it looks like it's so funny mm-hmm. but everybody's going around and you see all red yellow and blue it's Everybody's wearing cheesy red jackets. It's it's pretty garish, like they like they were hoping for when they wrote the script. <laughs> so they come in, and this is where they meet Carla, and uh, she's the Marvel- Marvin's hostess for the weekend. So Carla's all perky and sweet and everything, and uh, she she checks them in. They are supposedly from Maine. So he's Lee Stimson, and this is his sister Amanda Kane. In the script, it says Stemson and Amanda Kane, And she does say the married ones cured for everything. And then she says, makes a comment, Yep, here you are. The last one's on the list. Amanda shouldn't have been talking, wasting her time talking about who's going to get in the bathroom first or how much the window's going to be open. She should have been talking about, Hey, where did we hear about this? And where do we live exactly? Because they, they screw it up just like always, you know. How did you find out about the weekend? And then he says... Friends and she says newspaper and then they try and fix it and he, and he goes, Well, actually friends news a new a friend of ours read it in the newspaper. And then she catches them and she's like, Oh well maybe your friend read it in the newspaper. She's like, Yeah, that's what it was. It was our friend Pearl at the coffee shop. Pearl. Do they look like people that would know somebody named Pearl? No. Not yeah, even a little bit. Not even. But but that name does sound like someone who would live in Bangor Maine. It does, yeah. And work in a coffee shop. Lane's, Lane's <laughs> yeah. family, my husband's family is from Maine. So like his just a
2: small everything. town name. Pearl yeah. Is like for the sure. perfect name for that. For sure.
1: It is. So Carla is not what she seems. She's already saying, telling uh, Barry to check out them at uh, checking in. And she's all paranoid. She goes, they checked in last. They they signed up just at the last minute when we had those cancellations. He's like, big deal. She goes, they said that they heard about us in the Banger paper, but we never ran an ad in Maine. And he goes, okay. So they made a mistake. So now Lee and Amanda are finding their hotel rooms. In the script, they kind of make it sound like they could just take either room. But Amanda had 202 and he had 205. And he asked her about the view. And she's like, oh, it's a lovely view of the parking lot. Well, in here... He says let's see 202 and 205 amanda checks a number on a door points down the down the corridor down here 202 they walk down the corridor to a door marked 202 amanda looks around spots 205 across the hall and down one down one room and then continues and 205 you think brothers and sisters should be on the same floor lee smiles at amanda's joke and shrugs he goes we're lucky to be in the same hotel this place is packed this weekend you, he goes, you grab 202 and I'll take 205 unless you want it. She glances into the room, grimaces slightly. No, no, I like a northern exposure to the parking lot. So it's a little slightly different. They have kind of a funny scene. <laughs> so, Lee's hotel room at night. Precisely what you'd expect from the Tally Ho in Reston. Lee's sitting on the bed in a robe. Let's think about that for a moment, ladies. Okay. Uh, studying a seat of blueprints. The room's already cluttered with clothes papers etc there's a knock on the door lee crosses checks the peephole opens the door amanda walks into the room she's wearing her marvin's button and hat okay we didn't get to see that but that would have been cute uh, she can't help but notice lee's robe i mean how could you miss that he doesn't seem to notice her reaction lee says you're early she goes well i unwrapped all the soap broke the seal on the commode that just gives a bad image and memorize the chamber of commerce guide to nightlife in ruston so i thought i'd wander down lee says i've got the blueprints of uh i've got the blueprints of marvin's building and he gestures to the prints when we get inside there tonight we might have a chance to check the corporate offices it'll be a start she says right lee glances over at amanda smiles she's still not looking directly at him lee says nervous relax everything's going to be fine lee pats her hand the contact lingers Suddenly, they're both uneasy. Lee gets up. He continues, we'd better get going. Amanda says, like that? Lee glances down, realizes he's in his robe and reacts, oh, give me a second to throw something on. Lee disappears into the bathroom. Amanda glances around the room, shakes her head. Maybe it's good we don't have the same room. How can you live this way? He says, very nicely, thank you. Amanda shakes her head, starts to pick up some stuff. He continues, and don't start picking up after me. I know where everything is. Amanda reacts. And drops a shirt. She says, are you kidding? I've already got two boys to take care of at home. She makes a face at the bathroom door just as Lee opens it. He reacts. She covers. We cut two. (laughs) There's some (laughs) cute little moments in here (laughs) that we just didn't get to see.
2: Yeah, that writer's very imaginative, that's for sure.
1: for sure. Robert Gilmer? Mm Gilmer. Yeah, so now we skip to The Marvelous Marvin's, home of The Marvelous Marvin's. Now, Jen, do you remember we saw that um, when we went on the... WB tour on the lot. Yes, I remember. Yeah, you remember it? was it's the one of the yep. one of the management buildings there or something. Um that's yep. they use that. Yeah. Do you remember Jen? Yeah, I was okay. just looking at
0: pictures of that
1: actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, isn't that funny? That's smart to use. I mean it looks like it would it fits just perfectly, really. You know. It looks like a corporate I mean, building,
2: which is what they were going for. Yeah, so totally. definitely usable, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm sure it's not the first time they've used that building. No, Uh, because it
1: is smart. Okay, so here's another little fun part from the script. The script has quite a few things in it, especially for being a shooting draft. Amanda clearly knows the words already, but Lee's having, with some prompting from Amanda, to follow on a sheet of paper he's holding. Note: See appendix for lyrics. For lyrics accompanying this song, should be more appropriately tacky. Action: Hand clapping, foot stomping, swaying to and fro, etc. Tacky. The song ends, the lights come down, the music swells, and a spotlight hits the burger. Carla Quite steps to the mic, and then we get what we actually see most of. And then another little fun thing where, you know, where eventually they, they, he goes to sneak off, and she goes, where are you going? And he goes, I'm going to go go snoop. And she goes, I'm coming with you. And he's like, no, you're not. She goes, you're going to need a lookout, Lee, and this is going to drive me nuts. She was talking about the music and the stomping and everything. It was kind of funny. He goes, Look out, that's all. Understood? And she, as as they disappear out and exit, that's kind of funny. She's even getting annoyed by the upbeat music. Mm -hmm. Barry doesn't seem like he's very happy about it.
0: I was thinking about all the
1: props and hamburger.
0: um, Yeah. Oh my God, you (laughs) imagine? I
2: mean,
0: there's a lot of it, and then there's the tune, and I
2: mean, it's like, oh, yeah. all the buttons and the shirts and the hats, and the they built the whole branding of a fake company. Totally. Exactly.
1: They, they finally sit down after that cheesy music, and mm. she introduces Marvelous, Marvelous Marvin Metz, uh, the founder of a movement sweeping this great land, Marvelous Marvin Metz, and he comes out through the paper thing. He seems like a nice guy, you know, he's not yeah. a bad guy. But he did build this whole company, so he is
0: yeah. marvelous. Marvin That's can't be that, mean, that ad, and he has a bubbling son.
1: Yeah. He does. This.
2: Clueless. Like a clueless, blue the bear from the jungle Book kind of guy. Like, just, no, I'm not a fan.
1: Okay, it's, all right. So then Marvin comes out, and then they start that damn song again. I'm not going to even start it, because I'm actually glad Miranda's not here, because if she starts singing it, I'd be singing it, and you'd be mad, and it would just be a hot mess. So good thing she's not. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Miranda. <laughs> I, was watching, I was watching it last night, and my husband's like, what the
1: heck is <laughs> that? You should have said, i am looking at this uh, franchisee opportunity, honey." <laughs> because it does, really, does kind of get in your head a little bit. It does. Like, it's like the um, Golden Circle Girl song. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they start up again, and there's some people that are really into it, and other people are just like, shoot me now. <laughs> Lee being one of those people that is, shoot me now. So he's, he's telling her that she, he's going to go take, take off and look. And, she goes, and he goes, no, you're not. She goes, I'm going to be your lookout. I it. goes, fine. <laughs> I like what he said before in the script. So they go down this corridor, and now they're in the private offices. And now they're at Marvin's actual private office. And they uh, pick their way into the office. And uh, unbeknownst to them, they've set off an alarm, a silent alarm, and Lee goes to get inside. She's like, go right behind him, and he goes, nope, you're the lookout. She goes, all oh, right, lookout, got it. <laughs> now, there's a little cute part in the script too. When she comes in, he turns around really fast and has his gun on her, and she's like, puts her hands up, like, oh, and then she's like, never mind. And he goes, no, come here, I need your help. Well, in the script, it's dark enough that we can't make out much except Lee bent over a file. He hears someone, whirls, gun in hand, to see Amanda. Lee says, what are you doing? I could have shot you. She goes, I didn't like it out there. It was dark and quiet. Besides, I figured you'd need some help in here. He goes, I'm doing just fine in here. She goes, good. What would you find? He goes, nothing. I just started. She goes, you do need my help. And then he shakes his head, gestures across the offices. You work that set of files. I'll handle these. <laughs> That's so cute. They're so funny together. So in the script, Colossus was called Fatso, Oh my god! Because who doesn't want to eat a fast food burger called Fatso? like a yeah. Double Fatso with extra pickles, please. <laughs> so the whole time it's she's like, "What is it, Lee? What's Fatso?"
0: That's not really politically correct right now. No, I'm it's not. A, it's a like horrible. Even, Even a more. hamburger.
1: So in the actual film version, he pulls um open a drawer and it's got a safe in there, and he's able to listen to it and crack it open. I've tried that before does not work. I'm not on TV. So, mm-hmm. but I, I always tried that when I was a kid, like, can I hear it? Nope. So he pulls out a file that's in there and she's like, what is that? And he goes, it's Colossus. She's like, what's Colossus? And he says, it's a hamburger. So now they at least know what Eddie was talking about when he mentioned Colossus. So the burger could kill thousands of people.
0: That's just wrong. You know, someone's going to bite into a delicious Colossus burger and go down. It's just wrong.
1: Yeah, right? Although, you know what? Eventually, you eat too many of those, you're going to go down (laughs) four ways, right? Not to be morbid, but they do find out that it's a burger, so at least they've got some inclination that Eddie's on to something. They hear somebody coming, so they rush and put their stuff away, and then they hide in this giant armoire that's in his office, which just doesn't belong there at all. And they sneak out and get away from these uh, bumbling security cards. I was
0: going to say they just don't look confident. (laughs) And the elevator also looks totally fake with this little number on the top.
1: Right. (laughs) The magic of TV, Jen.
0: I know you just slap up like a little box up there. Yeah. Boom. You've got an um,
1: working elevator. Mm-hmm. So they rush back to the event. And uh, just as they're all singing again, I bet you they were both really happy about that. <laughs> they're all sitting there clapping and cheering and singing. And then uh, Carla's looking around the room behind her, kind of making sure everybody's singing. She's smiling. And then she notices that Lee and Amanda sneak in. So she knows that they've been up to something. They totally look really guilty. And then she makes sure that Barry sees it as well.
2: This is an instance where it just would have made so much more sense that they were married because they could have easily justified like yeah. a quickie or something, yeah. you know, like but brother and sister, it's like why would they both have left at the same time? Just makes them more suspicious, which yeah. I guess lends the credibility of Carla's instincts being right, you know, about them not being who they say they were. But Yeah. I feel like as spies, it would have been so much stronger of a cover for yes. them to have been, like, a married couple. Yeah. Just up and say, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> should have gone with that. Yeah. <laughs> Back
1: in the parking lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, it just doesn't, yep. it's just, it's like they wanted to keep them apart, and it's like, no, we wanted them to keep them together. Like, come on, this is some <sighs> fun stuff. They could have
0: cute scenes with them, like, battling it out, like like Amanda described,
1: you know, I think in Rathrow or. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been really cute. And him being a slob and that would have been adorable. Well, in the script, it's slightly different as, uh, I won't disappoint you on this one. Now they're in the lounge, right? Which is the next scene that we're going to see here, but they do it a little differently. So as they enter, Francine glances over and catches Lee's eye. He nods. Which is what happens. And then Lee says, cover Marvelous Marvin, Amanda. I want to talk to Francine. And Amanda sees Francine, stares, fascinated. She goes, Francine? What's she she doing here with that man in that dress? (laughs) And Lee smiles and he says, working. She reacts. Before she can say more, Lee's drifting away and Marvin's waving her over to the bar. As she moves to him. We find Marty and Carla at the far end of the same bar. Their eyes are on Amanda and Marvin. So it was just kind of funny. She's like, like, what's... It's so naive. Like, what's Francine doing? And why is she in that dress? Right. <laughs> She's playing scandalous. a hooker, Amanda. Yeah, there's not much uh, imagination left uh, after that dress, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. It's snug as a bug in a rug in there. Francine has to get involved somehow. She left out. <laughs> yep. Oh, she, she pulls it off. She looks great. I'm just saying, there's not a lot of you know, left for the imagination. So in this is kind of a fun little scene between uh, Francine and Lee that we didn't get to see either. So when they're they, they're finding a quiet corner with a couple of payphones, he takes one and Francine joins them at the other. They pretend to be making calls as Lee says, Hey, Toots, what's a, a girl like you doing in a nice place like this? And Francine says, Getting lucky. The guy I'm talking to is named Bendix. He's the head chemist for Marvin's. He goes, anything interesting? And then they go on from there. But I like that, like, (laughs) hey, toots. (laughs) So instead, what we get is Francine talking with Bendix, and he's totally on his way to being three sheets to the wind. Um, And he is complaining about how he's the the man behind Marvin, and Marvin wouldn't be anything without him, and he invented the secret sauce and all this stuff. And she's just playing along with it. And he goes, I make Marvin Metz a quadzillionaire. And um, She just keeps spurring him on trying to get him, pulling more information from him Oh poor Cecil kind of thing and then Lee and Amanda come in and sit down and they're talking and Marvin overhears them talking about cheeseburgers and He's kind of schmoozing with them and invites them over to have a, a nightcap So then that's when Lee goes and talks to Francine and she fills him in on uh, what she's pulled from from Cecil so far and then uh, Amanda goes and talks to Marvin. Now, this is where Lexi will be cringed out. What does Marvin do? I just know <laughs> and he's like some
2: nasty thing. <laughs>
1: So Marvin's, it's on Marvin and Amanda. Marvin's smiling for flirtatiously. He goes, no. You know. It. End scene. End scene. <laughs> I got to get it out, woman. At least I warned you. He says, you know, I don't think there's a prettier sight anywhere than a full moon over the Marvin's plant. The silhouette just takes your breath away. And she goes, I'll bet it does. He says, just so happens there's a full moon tonight. She goes, oh. Thanks, but I'm awfully tired. And he goes, and I'm an old fool for asking. She goes, no, you're not. Maybe we could get together sometime, some other time. He goes, how about breakfast tomorrow at eight o'clock? She goes, well, I, he goes, good. I'll send a driver. See you then. Before Amanda can protest, Marvin's leaving. Lee slides up and sits down. Lee says, how'd you do? She goes, I think that depends on your point of view. And then Lee's sitting on the bed while Amanda paces the room. He goes, it's perfect. It's a perfect chance to work Met Amanda. Perfect. She goes, work him? He goes, exactly. Get inside his head. Find out what makes him tick. She goes, I know what makes him tickly, but I don't think it's going to help us. <laughs> he says, so dig deeper. She goes, easy for you to say. He goes, I don't say that lightly. I always practice what I preach. She goes, you do? And then he's inter- then they're interrupted. Yeah.
2: And gross. I mean, that wasn't terrible, like, that's not like he was uh, Bela from sudden death, right? It's one thing to like, uh, he wasn't like pushy about it, no, and no, no, but he was like, he's just, he's like, oh, he backed off right away when she's like, no, and he's like, he's like totally gave her an out, like, oh, I, I totally get it, I overstepped, and she said, no, no, you know, like, so I, that's not like major, it's again not Bela alone, no, it's like, no, it's the
1: I'm talking so, about the fact that this old man thinks that uh, a beautiful 30 something your old woman's gonna
2: be what old man wouldn't what old man wouldn't like he's an old white guy with a shit ton of money they all (laughs) want that young thing you know so it is what it is but no that wasn't that wasn't terrible i was expecting a lot worse i thought he was gonna be like keeping up her arm no no no, like something like creepy but he just said like you know, he's proud of his factory and flaunting that he has money, and oh, it's a full moon, You want to try uh, but then money. as soon as she said no, he backed off and, yeah, yeah, and then for he burned out. Yeah. So yeah, no, No, it's cool just that as that. as an, an old life. guy
1: creeping on a young woman
2: again, that's all. That's all the a
0: sure. fact of life. <laughs> <laughs> it is what they do.
1: Yes, yeah. it is. After the bank of phones there, uh, now we're back in Lee's room at the hotel, and Amanda's just kind of flipping through a magazine, and Lee's kind of trying to put all the things together in his head and he's like get inside his head see what makes him tick they obviously didn't use the angle of him being like flirty with amando and then francine comes in she's like oh my my what a cozy place you two have And he goes she goes my room's down the hall francine (laughs) and then she says oh well well, how times have changed scarecrow so she's filling him in that bendix has got no money no glory no you know just zip and she says that he's poised for revenge and she goes what kind of revenge and she goes i don't know and he goes good work she goes that's what they pay me for and then she's got to go find wrestle somebody for her room uh they seem to have lost it and she goes you two sleep tight she goes good night francine she goes good night amanda she's also syrupy sweet it's like Egh. and then amanda's like well i guess i
2: actually ought to call mother it's getting
0: late uh yeah yeah you've got an early breakfast and i've got to get billy started on the minute well, so right let me walk you to your room
2: across the hall
0: well, yeah, you can't be too careful, you know. It's good thinking. Mm, second nature, field experience. What kind of field experience? You know.
1: Not necessarily. Hey. Well, I could ask
0: him for a cup of coffee, like instant.
2: Uh, well, I found
0: my room. I think the night manager liked me. <laughs> oh, here it is, 204. Yeah. What's uh, happening? Nothing. Nothing, nothing. This We're just uh, closing down for the yeah. night. Uh, oh, okay, fine. Well, I'm going to be up at the crack of dawn, so I'll knock on both your doors. Oh,
2: good. Yeah. Good night. Good night.
0: <clears throat> well, I guess I'm going to have to take a rain check on the yeah. coffee. And... Okay.
2: I'll see you in the
1: morning.
0: Yeah. Good, good night. night. <laughs> I love the little so banter
1: between them. It's so cute. <laughs> He's like, you know, <laughs> it's slightly different. So he says, "Hold on, I'll walk you to your room." She goes across the hall. He goes, "In this business, you can't be too careful." She goes, "Good thinking." He says, "Field experience." She goes, "How much experience?" He goes, "Well, not that much." And then Amanda smiles and opens the door, and then she says uh, about inviting him in, and she goes, "I could." Uh, she goes, "I could invite you in for a cup of coffee if you if you like instant." And he goes, "Love it." And they both smile and then we hear francine and then it all kind of uh, I, like, I like the episode
0: better yeah i
1: do too it's cute he doesn't even answer her in the actual episode she goes oh, if you like instant and he goes uh and then francine comes how quickly i mean she couldn't have even gotten down they were on the second floor there's no way she could have gotten down argued and then got her stuff and come right back up no you know, that fast. there's no really possible bad. way so she totally ruined it for us for nothing she needed more time. the kind of odds,
0: you know, that she ends up there. If, yeah. If they locked their room, she's probably in some boondoggle room next to the elevators. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yep. On the first floor next to the pool. I call Shanee Evans on that one. <laughs> Me too. She purposely is sabotaging their relationship. Sabotage. It's sabotage. Because she implies that she could get
0: together with Lee and that she should maybe. Like he should come to her room, do this whole thing, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Oh how times have changed! And, I know, right? Uh, pops her head out like.
1: Oh my God, that's on? so cute! Yeah, they look like a bunch of prairie dogs popping their heads out. Yeah, so I know, <laughs> <It's> so cute. <laughs> it's like she wants to be involved. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's like, so, so what's going on He goes, uh, we're just uh, uh, shutting down for the night, closing down for the night. And she's like, oh, okay. She goes, I'm gonna be up at the cro- crack crack at dawn, so I'll uh, knock on both your doors. And they're looking at each other. She's like, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> they're like waiting to it's like waiting for your mom to leave so you can talk to your boyfriend you know
2: <laughs> she's just a, a walking chastity belt in this episode basically <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes she is oh, And she's skin. she's not dressed like it she's dressed like yeah. she's the key to unlock it but wow her
1: function yes. functional over form I guess yeah, I don't know so, they do describe this in the script exactly how it happens it's really funny so they, they're like uh, then Amanda's for a beat, the corridor's empty. Then Amanda's door opens, and she glances toward Lee's room, thinks a beat, then goes back into her room. Another beat, and then Lee's door opens. He glances toward Amanda's room, thinking. As he does, Francine's door opens, and she catches Lee in the act. He looks suitably embarrassed, closes the door. Francine shakes her head, disappears, and then we cut. It's kind of rude. Pretty much how it happened, but they do look like prairie dogs. Like popping in and out of those rooms. Super yeah. cute. Very fun scene. I like that. I, it's frustrating, but it's it is cute. I like how she like shakes her head like no, you know, like thinking better of it. Like no, that's probably not a good idea. And then he comes out. How do you not know there's something going on between those two? She knows. That's why she's doing what she's doing. Hmm. And then what are the odds of that they're gonna have a big old fight right outside his his window? <laughs> right. And he's sleeping in full-on pajamas. I do not think that man does that. And, and then puts on his robe after to get out of bed. Yeah. Who does that anyway? I know. Like, they couldn't give us, like, a bare back, at least. You know, bare when, chest. When
2: he saw his wardrobe for the scene, he's probably like, you've got to be kidding me. You
1: know, like, uh, Bruce said, he's probably like, probably. What, what man wears this, you know? <laughs> From the 1950s, maybe. Yeah. That's so funny. So now there was a fight. It was between Carla and Bendix, the chemist, and Barry was there. He's just like kind of like a dud, isn't he? I mean, he's just awful. Lee gets to overhear it. He can't hear what they're fighting about, but there's definitely some tension there. And he, he got like a front row seat for it. And then the next morning is when Amanda is having breakfast with Marvin and they're in his hotel room. And there's some really pretty flowers on the table, but they're, they also have bugs in them <laughs> and not the kind of bugs that uh, are outside. They're uh, listening mm-hmm. devices. And uh, she's, she's telling him how her boys are going to be so impressed that she, she got to meet him. And then he says, heck, I do it every morning. It's nothing special about it. <laughs> so this is where he kind of gets in a little deep. He's like, you know, I work most of my life. And now that I have it, I guess I miss sharing it with someone. Okay, m- move away, man. <laughs> she goes, so you're huh. alone, uh, are you? And he says, well, except for my son, Barry. Some son, the laziest person I've ever known. 30 years old, and he still expects the world to be handed to him on a platter. She goes, oh, geez, that's too bad. He goes, the kid's impossible. I have... Him working here, but it's like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. That's the story of my life lately. Then he mentions Carlin. she doesn't know who that is. Uh, or she, you know, pretending she doesn't. Listen to me go on. And she's like, oh, you know, it, it's good. A nice class C interrogation for sure. It's very soft. She's letting him talk. Not really, you know, digging for a lot of information. Yep. And, and he's pouring it out for her. He's telling her that Carla's his executive assistant. They had an affair back in the day, uh, a couple of years ago. And and then she cheated on him with a uh, one of the regional managers, who we can pretty much assume is Eddie. And, um, you know, he says the same old story. Except, uh, you know, he his heart was in it and hers wasn't. Do you think he, I mean, it seems like they're, maybe I'm assuming, but aren't his son and her together?
2: I know, that's what I was thinking too. Like, uh, Barry's got to be dumber than a box of rocks. Like, what an idiot. Like, he, he's listening to his dad talk about the situation. And he's just like, la, la, la. Like, no worries. Nothing's wrong insane I, I mean she just chucks that thing though across the room like she's
1: got a temper oh I, if i didn't have sure.
2: my vile villain pick out i mean she's like she's pretty nasty carla she's like she's a bad ugh. she
1: kills and she's gonna kill thousands of people yeah. she doesn't care you're she, right she
2: just doesn't care she has no um
1: conscience it seems like right
2: she just uses men to get ahead
1: yeah in, yeah, gross, disgusting ways. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate for sure. Yeah, but she does throw that uh, the speaker man. She chucks that thing. Yeah, <laughs> what she gets really upset about is that he's Marvin's finally realizing that it's time to kick the two of them out of the nest and and let them fly on their own. He's you know tired of being their yeah. punching bag. You know, giving them money yep. and all that stuff. Probably the free ride's over, and they're not happy about it. What amazes me is that they have.
0: A marvelous Marvin's tablecloth that they had to make up for the Amanda and Marv scene. Oh my gosh. It's crazy.
1: They really went all out. Oh my god, they do. That's adorable. How cute would that be to have? I mean, that's adorable.
0: And then there's plates behind Amanda that have the hamburger on it.
1: That's so cute.
0: A lot of, of stuff they have made. I yeah. that stuff ended up.
1: I know, right? <laughs> well, now, so she's had her breakfast with him, and now she and Lee are meeting up. They're leaving the hotel, and he's filling her in. She's filling him in, um, and she's explaining, you know, she feels bad for Marvin, and he says, he's explaining that he overheard the fight between Cecil and Carla. He says, meanwhile, Billy came up with some unsettling information. Bendix served four years at Fort Dietrich the U.S. Army's R&D Chemical Warfare Center. Oy. And she goes, you don't think this is, has anything to do with chemical warfare? He goes, let's hope not. Come on. So then they get in the car, and they head over to Marvelous Marvin's um, headquarters, and they're in a warehouse, and Carla's giving, she's, I guess she runs the company, man. She does everything. Exec, executive assistant does everything. She's giving a tour for all the... the potential buyers and they have 1,800 locations in 50 states. It's a big operation. It's costly, but it allows them to control both quality and consistency. So Lee and Amanda are at the tail end of it. And uh, Lee catches Bendix coming down the stairs and uh, he wants to get into wherever he just came from. So he tells Amanda to, to cover for him if she if she can. Now, He says in the script, he says, cover me if you have to. She goes, cover you? How? He goes, agency manual, chapter four, subsection AA. You aced it on the test Billy gave you. Remember? She goes, that was a test. This is real. He goes, sure is. Make it good. She goes, make what good? What are you going? Where are you going? (laughs) And before she can protest, he's slipping away from the group. During all this, Carla's been droning on and she's explaining the whole freezer thing and then she's explaining the whole technique about the freezer and how it freezes things within minutes this will play into this episode later spoiler alert (laughs) lee goes into the chemical lab and uh is able to follow along where he's supposed to be going by using the little tiny snapshots that Eddie gave him and so then he leads him right to uh, this hidden tray this hidden tray that has um a you know bunch of little test tubes in there it looked like it was gas didn't it like a like just gas stuff in it um i'll have to look at it again do you guys recognize when he walks in that door where they where they're at does does that um Reminds mm-hmm. you of season two's Vigilante Mothers, the chemical lab that they were in. They were trying to get those uh, little crystals out.
2: Uh, Not off the top of my head, but it is the same place.
1: I haven't, I was going to check and I couldn't do it, but I'm oh. 99% sure it's the same. I'll have to look though. Oh. If, cool. if not, it looks damn just well like it. Yeah, right? Yeah. So he's got his little, his little tiny pictures with his big old thumbs around it, trying yeah. to find, <laughs> trying to find where he's supposed to go and... Eddie let him write to it, which was great. Those pictures are so tiny. (laughs) They're they're like two inches
2: by... Oh, I see what you're saying about the... Yeah, it looks more like a vapor.
1: Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. So that's probably some type of... I, I thought it was supposed to be a chemical thing, but...
0: Yeah. Yeah, like kind of a milky... Um, clear
1: thing. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Awesome. It kind of looked it's cloudy, awesome. like a cloudy gas to me, so I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, Lee's coming down the steps, and Carla and Barry uh, notice him coming down from the chemical lab, which is going to be kind of hard to explain. And so, Amanda sees that he's coming around to confront Lee, and she knocks over the boxes. Now, this is my nomination for Amanda Antics, uh, dumping... <laughs> She doesn't care if she hurts somebody because she's got to protect Lee. (laughs) So she just like pushes these boxes. Who knows how heavy they're supposed to be. They're obviously light, but um, (laughs) he's getting like bombarded with all these boxes, but at least he won't get a hold of Lee. So she's, she's done her job. (laughs) That's right. She's a dedicated partner. She is indeed. And he, he's great. He's like, Oh my gosh, what happened? (laughs) He was Amanda. (laughs) What, What happened here? She's like, oh, I bumped into these boxes. It's funny. In the script, it's a little different. Um, Amanda says, I have a question. Why do I smell smoke? Is there a fire? Everyone's head turns toward Amanda. Marty stops. Marty's there. Uh, And she continues, I smell smoke. I'm sure of it. Everyone starts to buzz with concern, looking around. Amanda continues, There's a fire, a big one. I can always tell. She's Amanda runs toward an exit. Ah. Others panic and follow Carla gestures for Marty to help. Carla says, please just be calm. I'm sure there's no fire. And if there is the sprinklers throughout the plant will go on automatically too late. The frightened crowd pushes past Marty stampedes for the exit and the resulting confusion we see as Lee slips out of the corridor and blends in with the crowd. (laughs) But yeah, that's my nomination for that. So there you go. How many jackets does Lee use in this episode? <laughs> I've counted oh, at least two you. and we're not I even halfway know, through. That,
0: that one with the highlighted collar, he wears a lot. And yeah. Great.
1: Yeah. So they're congratulating themselves. Again, this scene kind of reminds me of uh, Over the Limit when they are coming off his elevator and go to his apartment and they go to go in, but there's the door is open, and So she stops and kind of goes against the wall. It's very similar to that, because he, he opens the door and finds that his room's been ransacked. So he she she notices his vibe and puts herself against the wall right away, and uh, mm-hmm. and then he goes in, guns gun uh, gun aimed out front and uh, and looks around. If it is the whole same hotel room, at least they change the pictures. Which is good, I guess. Yeah. But it looks very similar. If
0: they wanted to hang out in there for the bomb, you'd think they'd want the room to look normal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If my room was
0: ransacked, I mean, I guess I'd look at a few things, but then I'd probably
1: leave pretty quick. Yeah, but here's the thing. So, they have it. When they walk in, there's only four seconds left. So, were they... They knew he was going to be back right at that exact moment. No, I was thinking about that too.
2: I think what happened is it was like a time... Like like maybe it had a trigger like with the door. Oh, like maybe okay. It was, like, or like a motion sensor okay, somewhere. Okay, like I can see that. It.
1: There's no like cord. There's much. no cord there, but I'll I'll buy your what you're selling. I'll yeah. buy what you're selling. Like no,
2: it could be a, a motion sensor, radio detector, or something. Or maybe they were sitting outside in the parking lot and like they left the window open, you know, as part okay. of like the ransack mess.
1: Hey, but, I'm, yeah, I told you I'm buying fashion. whatever you're selling, there, lady. You don't have to sell me anymore. Maybe.
2: <laughs> I'm, I, I bought it. I did I did think about it too, because I was like, why what would have set that off? But um yeah.
1: I always wonder. Anyway, those that. are
2: those are my potential
1: suggestions. Mm-hmm. Uh who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got four seconds and he realizes that Amanda's about and him are about to get blown to bits, so he rushes her out and then my goodness. I hope they had for her sake, I hope they had to do that scene over many, many times. <laughs> he just has to flop right down on top of her
2: that's true but after a while i mean i feel like that would hurt because i mean i'm sure the floor is not a mattress right like yeah
1: but think of the positives there lex (laughs) 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 now something funny again so now they're back to using his dc plates on his on his car (laughs) the ruse is up the ruse yeah they're they're not even gonna pretend they're from maine anymore and they don't have an accent either. I know. All the people I know from Maine have a very, very thick Maine accent.
2: Oh, really? I don't oh, think yeah. I've ever heard of Maine accent. Oh,
1: my gosh. Listen to my mother-in-law. <laughs>
2: hmm. yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty heavy. Too. It's very heavy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like a Massachusetts one, but even more pronounced.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh.
1: Oh, yes. I would have
2: never suspected. So my mother-in-law,
1: she was telling us, um, we were talking about cola and, you know, how they, in the South, they call pop Coke. All pop is like Coke. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I said, oh, I didn't know that, you know. And uh, she goes, well, when we were kids, uh, we called it Bia. And I'm like, what's Bia? She's like, Bia. And I go, what is Bia? And Lake goes, beer, Taya, beer. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, oh, I'm geez. sorry. I wasn't trying to be like annoying. I just was like BIA, like B-I-A. I couldn't figure out like, yeah. what the hell would you hell call I it didn't that it for? you said
2: it either. Yeah. <laughs> but they
1: don't mm. say they're ours, So it's BIA. Mm. <laughs> but That's it was simple. like, quit picking That's on my hard. mom. <laughs> and It's beer. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I misunderstood. Huh. But yeah. yeah, but it definitely, it, it's very distinct for sure. And they have mm. none of that. <laughs>
0: There's a lot of like accent transitions on the East Coast, like down into the South. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. We don't really have that over on the West
1: Coast as much. Mm-mm. No, although you have a your your accent comes is kind of a conglomeration of things too, Jen. I yours comes out in different ways. Mine, I have Minnesota. Minnesota I can accent. I pick up your Minnesota one every once in a while, and uh, and then there's something else there I can't figure put my finger on yet. <laughs> Well,
0: it, it's mostly Minnesota, but most people on the West Coast don't have much of an accent. But maybe it's because we hear each other, and we don't think there's one.
1: Just like um, Lexi and I, don't think we have one either.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, hearing other people tell us what I have, I definitely hear it now. We we have some really interesting ways of saying words in
1: Michigan yeah. in the Midwest. Well, we add things like instead of saying "Where are you," we'll say "Where are you at." Which is weird. I didn't realize that was a Michigan or Midwest thing, but apparently it is. So there's definitely things like that. But I get told from listeners and uh, especially from listeners, because they they just when you don't hear when you don't see somebody, you focus more on what you're hearing. So you you pick up on it more. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, they definitely don't have the main accent, though. Yeah. So now Lee's scooching Amanda out the door after that bomb. He's like, you know, this is when you, you, you take your mitt and you go home. <laughs> yeah, so she's pacing the, in the script. She's pacing the lobby. In the background, we see Lee talking animatedly to somebody behind the desk. Finally, he crosses to Amanda. Amanda says, what'd they say? He said, after everyone got through scratching their heads, the s- consensus was a gas leak. Skeptical, Amanda says, gas leak, please. Lee says, you better get packed. Amanda reacts. He goes, Amanda, they're starting to play hardball. That's when you take your mitt and go home. Before Amanda has a chance to respond, Francine comes in, rushing into the lobby, crosses to them. How are you two doing? He goes, couldn't be better. They're giving us two new rooms and throwing a complimentary early bird dinner. Francine says, I've got some news that, uh, that might help. Billy redlined that vile through analysis he just called with the results and lee says and she goes it's it contained one of the most potent poisons the guys have ever seen turns out it was developed by the army at fort dietrich top secret code name scion amanda says lee wasn't cecil bendix stationed at dietrich which this a lot of this happens in this uh, in the actual episode and amanda's asking that is is saying that she knows it but she's putting it together for the audience uh, for obvious reasons and he said he sure as hell was in the script let's find out why he's cooking up a batch of that stuff here and then they all three head over to marvin's uh warehouse again and when they're coming up the stairs it looks a little suspicious for sure but marvin's coming out of there and he says it's Bendix. He's inside. Someone's killed him. This is the script now. Francine says shot. Close range with a 45. It's not pretty. Oh, oh shit. God. God, Francine. How does Details. she know it's a 45? I mean, good Lord. She got up really up close and personal, man. Yeah, studying the splatter patterns or something, I guess. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Or maybe she dug through to get the bullet out. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> Martha looks so much shorter than Kate there. Mm-hmm. And Well, she's in heels and, and Kate's in tennis shoes, so it's weird. Marvin comes out and says, it's Bendix. He's dead. And then we don't hear <laughs> Francine doesn't come out and tell us how gross uh, the shot was. So now they're all back in Marvin's office and he's telling them that he got a $5 million ransom earlier that morning. And they're reading it saying it's going to be, they're going to hit 20 locations if they don't get the $5 million with that That poison. And so Amanda's like, let's arrest him. You know, why can't we get him? And he goes, because it's circumstantial at this point. Which, it's true, they don't have all the information. They could pull him in, but then it would raise their suspicions and, and probably stop them from doing, you know, being able to catch him in the act. Now, in the script, Marvin comes off a little bit whiny and not looking at the bigger picture. You know, he's more worried about his business than he is about the people. Where in the episode he's, you know, he cares. And I don't mean in a horrible way, but you, you know, it's just more slanted toward that way. And then in the, obviously in in the episode, he's like, yeah, whatever we have to do, we'll do it. Um, it's just too bad. You know, my business is going to go under, but you know, Oh, well kind of thing. And, and Lee's Lee's the one who's like, no, let's, what's the latest we can stop the campaign. And then, you know, he's trying to, you know, come up with a, an idea of how they can maybe hold off, and, and give him a chance to save his business which is nice.
0: I think that makes more a, a little bit more sense because I was gonna say that this is a bit of an elaborate scheme with all the poison and mm-hmm. you know, um, a bit risky when with this character it seems like he could have just blackmailed him or done something else to get the money as opposed to, to poisoning you know burgers in his business. But if he was a character that valued business over people, you know like you're just saying right. Director, That would be the one way to, like, go after him and make sure that he's going to pay
1: his money, his $5 million. Like, and you make a good point, Jen. These two people, they're unscrupulous. They they could have easily embezzled $5 million, and nobody probably would have been the wiser, you know, at least until they got out of the country, right? So why do all this elaborate stuff, you know? I mean, obviously it's because of the script was written that way, but it's just like... They could have obviously gotten, they don't care. They're killing people. So it's not like they have a line that they're unwilling to cross. They've definitely yeah. crossed all the lines. So like, why not go the easier route?
2: I mean, they could have just killed off Marvin initially yeah. and it looked like an accident. And but then he's his just only heir. company, And then sell it. And then they have a hell of a lot more money and not the headache. So yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely an interesting plot. I do like this episode, but um, yeah. a lot of just like, unnecessary like
1: complications i think it's so funny i'm like just glanced down at the script and it's like if we pull the fatso and then the press will find out (laughs) and it's like oh geez so glad they Uh, changed it to colossus (laughs) yes now it's again he told her to go home but here she still is still here. They figured out that they can stop. They can go up to nine o'clock and the meet's set at four o'clock. So they should be all right. Uh, so they're hoping that they can pinpoint the locations and get all the information from them before before it's too late. So Francine and, and Lee are on their way out. They're going to go back to the agency and Lee tells her as he's leaving, stick with Marvin. Yeah, because that's not going to cause any problems or anything, you know? Not at all. Mm-hmm. They're going back, and they're trying to get Billy to allow them to hold off in order to possibly save Marvin's business. And Billy's like, you know, we can't do that because what if we miss one and somebody gets killed? That we can't do that. And so Francine looks really, really good right there. Her makeup is perfect in Billy's office. Yeah. When they had it right on on their face, they look. Her hair looks perfect, and her makeup looks really good too. Yeah. And Billy finally says okay fine we can do it and allows them to do it now really quick what is are those stocks that they're using for money is oh, it five well, million in stocks that. maybe it was in
0: the safe maybe it's stocks or bonds that he has to cash in or something oh, like.
1: okay i was trying to figure out because it's in the briefcase and i'm like i see giving them stock because then they're gonna obviously be able to trace that
0: yeah united states treasury note ten thousand dollars so yeah okay but he's gonna have to have a lot of those yeah he's gonna have to have
1: a whole lot they're not gonna fit in that little briefcase are they but the ones that he's
0: holding are ten thousand dollars
1: each okay thank you so now we're back to obviously back to marvin's office and he and amanda are waiting for a, a call and of course they get it right away and the a male voice comes on and it's all distorted. And tells them that they need to meet at Tomp- the Tompkins uh, campground entrance and bring the cash. So it is cash. So that's why I'm, like, trying to figure out, like, so he must be trading those bonds in then. Something, yeah. Yeah. Because, but he need a lot of them. Yeah, so. he would need a lot, for sure. <laughs> so um, he's he's taking off because he's a man. He's just going to run right off. And Amanda's like, Marvin, Marvin, wait, let me just call Lee so we can, she's trying to follow the book, man. <laughs> the spy one-on-one book and he's taking off cause he's, he's ticked off. I'm sure, you know, he's probably somebody who just has always just let things happen to him and he's probably done with it. You know what I mean? He's like sick and tired of always being. Yeah.
2: And he's already been betrayed by Carlo once. Yes. Like he'll be damned if it's happening again. Damn strange like, she's him A lot of like problems and maybe he's not the greatest guy, but like, wow, what a rude, woman and he's mad so i could i could see why he's so hot-headed i just wish amanda could have foreseen
1: it too to prevent what 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 comes next right right amanda then doesn't get a chance to to call lee uh so she just has to rush and hang up and she follows but she puts the she puts all the money underneath the desk which is good but marvin heads over to carla's office and and barges in and he's like i've had enough and and they're like pretending like what what are you talking about and then he's Mm -hmm. not buying it she pulls out the gun so it's a yellow banana holding a gun now in that yellow outfit yeah i have to say in the 90s i had an outfit like that i'm sorry no not yellow i'm sorry yeah, and then Green, the, didn't, it, didn't even yellow t- yeah. It didn't even look good on me. I yellow looks yellow. good
2: on very few people.
1: I and, was desperate. Yeah, it if was. If you not have
0: good. dark hair and dark, like dark skin, I think it looks good. Yes, but agree. I, yep. I look terrible in yellow. I have I have, also I have dark hair,
1: and and I have white, 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 white skin.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, anyways, I apologized. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to anyone who saw me in that yellow banana outfit. right. But it was it was an outfit just like that. It was a blazer and a, a skirt. Wow, you
2: probably looked like a reverse sunny side up egg or something like that. Wow. Like and, you know.
1: Considering you were probably like three years old, I would be quiet because you were probably dribbling <laughs> all over yourself. So you can just hush. <laughs> That's probably true. I probably,
2: even if I, if maybe I wasn't even alive yet. Who knows? No, it
1: was like 1995. Okay. Yeah, I would have been three. Yeah. So. Well, I said three years old. Yeah. Yeah. You're right.
2: And little baby Lexi was saying, no, yellow. No, no. <laughs> yeah, right? That's so cool. I don't know it. I wanted to be um, blue. My, I used to tan really well. My mom would call me her brown berry baby, and I hated the color brown. So I whined, and I said, no, I only want to be a
1: blueberry baby. So you would
2: have not caught me dead in yellow, but blue, hell yeah. That's so
1: funny. <laughs> she pulls out the gun and points it at marvin and then amanda rushes in and she's like oh come in mrs king and she goes you're gonna help us solve a little problem that we have and she tells marvin that he's going to be the messenger boy so they take amanda for insurance and then francine just happens upon them and yells freeze and amanda's like francine she's got a gun She's like pointing it right at Mrs. King. So then Francine's got to give up her gun to save Amanda. She pro- she didn't even hesitate, which is surprising. You would think she would, but she didn't. Yeah. She didn't hesitate.
0: What's the agency protocol on
1: that? Yeah, do I you don't know. Up I mean, your gun? Do you? I would think you wouldn't um, give up your gun, right? Do you when sacrifice you sacrifice an agent? Yeah, like what? I don't know.
0: I'm asking.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. I would think it would be the opposite of what she did. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, that um,
0: and she wouldn't give up her gun. She take control of the situation, and Amanda, if Amanda got hurt, then you know she took an oath to be an
1: agent, and yeah, yeah. collateral damage. Well, yeah. and here that's a perfect segue, ladies. Thank you so much. Uh, in the script, Lee's explaining. He's like, he goes, "That was Marvin. He got the call," and Billy says, "Good." He goes, "Not so good. Carla's got Amanda. They're holding her for insurance." anything goes wrong and and billy says damn when's the drop lee says four Fran- and billy says francine he goes her car's there but marvin hasn't seen her billy studies lee for a moment and then says we'll proceed as planned but if there's a problem beat. you know where your where our responsibilities have to lie lee nods somberly dude you're just gonna give up your lady friends what the hell
0: that's the oath i think
1: though i know that's what i was saying you guys gave me a good segue but still I, yeah. I don't think yeah he says it yeah he knows on on paper but i don't think he would do that he didn't
0: do it back when the man was kidnapped exactly because they thought that
1: she was him. Right, so. and now it's two two of his friends, you know?
0: Yep. Yeah. He would get fired for caring too much.
1: Yeah. Well, going well. he was going to go to prison for treason on that one, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he'd be court-martialed here, or whatever they do. Yeah. So, now the guys are going to head over to the park and uh, try and figure out, you know, try and have this meet go down so that they can get Carla and Barry and uh and then find out you know how to get a hold of uh how to get francine and amanda now they've got amanda and francine and they're putting them in freezer number four very important to know that freezer number four he's saying you know why do we have to set the timer and she goes if anything goes wrong i want them dead now set the timer she's just she's not very nice (laughs) Ruthless. It's three thirty six right at that moment and they're getting put in there. So they're gonna be in there for a little less than an hour before they become fish sticks. So frozen fish sticks that is. Yeah.
0: She is my stuff to thumb and I'll leave the light on because normally in a freezer the light. Comes <laughs> yeah that's off true. The door.
1: Well, it wouldn't be very conducive for uh recording yeah, they, it there. True. They would be plunged into darkness. Yes. All we hear is Francine. Yes, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the little eyes glowing. Yeah. I love that. She's like, Francine's kind of climbing up, trying to see anything. And she goes, anything? She goes, nothing. She goes, this place is airtight. She goes, now what? You now what? What? Now what? 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 Don't you have an idea?
0: Yes, I do, Amanda. If we get out of here, my idea is you go home and you stay there. Francine, look, I don't want to be. I'm sorry. We shouldn't be arguing. We're stuck here together and we got to think like a team a team a team you and me a team that's real cute francine it's a fact you know what a fact is i rely on one person and that is me now this is the real world here don't you expect lee to come charging in there in some kind of a white horse because he won't People are not always there when you need them. You cannot count on them because people leave.
1: I think their relationship needed this episode so much. Like, they totally had to clear the air and and get it all out, you know? Yeah. In the script, uh, Amanda says, look, like it or not, we're in this together. We shouldn't be arguing. We should be working as a team. She goes, you and me, a team? Cute. goes it's not cute it's practical and you don't have to talk down to me it's unfair and unnecessary besides who else do you have to rely on right now and then francine says there's only one person i rely on amanda me she goes that must be awfully lonely and off francine's look she says well we all need people francine she goes people leave and then francine and amanda share a look that can't hide francine's uncharacteristic vulnerability she goes oh i'm sorry amanda says Francine shrugs. Amanda notices something. Francine, is it getting hard to breathe in here? She goes, now that you mention it, yes. She goes, you said it was airtight. We must be using up all the air. And off their look, we go then to the other cut So of the park. So it's a little bit different, but very similar. This is a good time to nominate uh, my sensational sidekick as uh, Francine in the freezer. I think this is... A very poignant moment for uh, Amanda and Francine's relationship. Uh, up to this point, it's been a lot of animosity, um, mostly on Francine's side. And Amanda just kind of dealing with it and, you know, letting it kind of mostly, uh, you know, just roll off her back. But it, sometimes it got to her, you could tell. But I think this was a needed scene between them they have to get it all out francine's frustration with amanda always relying on lee and thinking he's going to always be there to save her and amanda's frustration with her thinking that she can't count on other people it just it all just kind of rushes out whether they want it to or not and um because they're trapped in this in this freezer together and their emotions are high and you know as far as they know this could be the last time that they're they're even gonna breathe, so can they kind of just let it all come out? And uh, it's a really at moments intense, and at other times it's very funny too. so I, I I nominate her as one of the sensational sidekicks. Thanks. Thank it's nice. Thank you that Francine lets her
0: guard down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In the script um they kind of mention that she she tears up a little bit, which was I was a little shocked at, you know, it doesn't it that was mm-hmm. a little I think a little too far. I don't think she would do that. Yeah. Now we're at the park and Lee's trying to get Marvin to calm down and get prepared and explains, you know, what they're going to do, they're going to show up, you're going to hand them this. And they're gonna handle the rest yeah let's try not to rush this time there marvin since it's your fault that Amanda got caught he's had it like you were saying lex he's had it he's yeah. he's done with his son he's done with carla he's like yeah. they're bad people mr stetson <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's he's over it so then up higher up in the park we have carla and barry And they're pulling up and they're looking down and seeing that there's no action there. That doesn't mean anything. So, I mean, they're amateurs, but they're really ruthless ones at that. So that's that's a very dangerous one. They're not um, calm and collected, you know? Not at all.
2: Carla is a little bit, but especially for being such a, like... Quote unquote newbie, but um, Barry's just a waste of skin. Like, yeah. She was an idiot to team up with him. She could have handled
1: this 100% on her own. Mm-hmm. I agree.
2: Men always bring in powerful women down. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I'm going to send you guys a really funny wow. picture.
0: Is it a view in this park? Uh,
1: it's not a view necessarily but it is yeah
0: i was going to ask if you found this spot because this is supposed to be like oh uh, the, Miner- the mineral wells picnic area at griffith park oh okay and uh, several of uh SMK episodes were filmed here um billy's last weekend and waiting for gidorski was also filmed in this little oh area. that's great so I, was just, I figured that you probably had found it
1: There's i did not of- Uh, I have something even funnier so okay good (laughs) um so when they're in the park and Barry is getting on the motorcycle and they're talking and then he puts his visor down I took a really quick shot of that and I sent you guys the picture oh yeah you could see all the film crew you could see the crew and all the lights oh cool isn't that hilarious you You could see the crew and all the lights (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was watching it and I'm like did I just see what I thought I just saw and I rewound it and like why I I did I did I did I did isn't that a hoot yeah Barry takes off and and uh Carla's gonna meet him at the airport in 20 minutes so this is gonna be a quick thing and then Carla tells him when you're when you've got the money take him out take out your father kill your dad shoot him in cold blood not five feet from him that is one cold bitch (laughs) Yeah. Like, wow. And you don't even need to do that. And he doesn't even, he doesn't even stand up and, you know, like, he's like, no, but I don't think, she's like, do it. <laughs> what the hell, man? What, what is, she, where, where did you go wrong in your life As someone's telling you to kill your dad and you're like, okay. <laughs> you know, probably resentful.
2: He's not just like a, a bratty trust friend baby, you mm-hmm. know, like that his dad made him like participate in dumb songs and that sort of thing. <laughs>
0: definitely went wrong somewhere as a
2: parent for
1: sure. Mm-hmm. Now we're back to the freezer and the ladies are getting a little more comfortable and a little more lightheaded. <laughs> Amanda even makes a comment of she felt like she she had too much champagne and mm-hmm. feeling lightheaded <clears throat> and uh and then she's like you know Francine I'm really sorry if I was ever rude to you. I never meant to be rude to you and I think maybe sometimes I just didn't understand you as well as I should have and You know, it's just sometimes you're such a witch. (laughs) She's like, a what? She goes, oh, that's really great.
2: (laughs) This I'm nominating as an Amanda Antic. Like this, like it's (laughs) just just totally like lightheaded, like, you know, (laughs) up on the champagne feeling. She just lets her her true thoughts fly. Yes, she does. Um, And yeah, just calling Francine a witch. Like poor Francine. (laughs) Where Francine just like was so vulnerable with her earlier. Yeah. (laughs) But you're just such a witch. Wipes it, you know, puts it under the rug to talk about chocolate, of course. A great topic. But, uh, yeah, I love that one. It is. is It's very cute.
1: (laughs) Only Amanda can can, uh, apologize and call Mm -hmm. a person a witch at the same time. (laughs) And then you feel like, oh, that was very sweet of her. Yeah. And then she's like, I'll never do it again. She goes, will you please shut up? (laughs) So, Francine. (laughs) She goes, I'd rather have air than apologies. She's all slumped over. She goes, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm a motor mouth. I talk when I get scared. And then Francine kind of feels bad for her. And she goes, you know what I like, you know what I do when I get scared? I eat chocolate. She goes, you? She goes, truffles, bonbons, eclairs, kisses, anything I can get my hands on. I love chocolate. She goes, I kind of like this place. You cannot score an eclair anywhere. Why would she like it then? That's what I don't get. So she's not tempted, you think? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and It is true. Martha loves chocolate. For her birthday, uh, I, I saw her right after her birthday, and uh, mm-hmm. we had lunch, and I, I brought her a, a thing of, uh, I, I stopped before the airport, and I got a box of, I went to um, Somerset, the, mm-hmm. you know, the fancier mall there. I got uh, a box of Godiva. Godiva. Thank you. I got her a box mm-hmm. of the Godiva. It was kind of like an ecstasy assortment kind of thing.
2: And yeah, I, I got that you. for her
1: for her birthday. She loved it. Aww, She's like, oh, her, her husband got her a, a big one, I guess. Oh, cute. Yeah, it was sweet. But yeah, she—it's not a fake thing. She really does love chocolate a lot. <laughs> I don't know where she puts it because she's so she's so thin, but she right. uh, definitely does love the chocolate. Mm. And then Amanda cuts cuts in and she's like, "I like hot fudge Sundays with extra hot fudge." I can see that. She goes, "Oh yeah, chocolate dip, strawberries, chocolate cheesecake," and she's like, "Double chocolate brownies," and then she goes, "Chocolate." Amanda says the thing I was—I cannot forgive her for. She says chocolate-covered raisins. I hate raisins. I, I like I them.
2: I especially like them if they're chocolate-covered, for sure. Ugh, I it makes cannot... it a lot more enticing than really? them. Really? Yeah. Ugh, it's no. not eat chocolate. It's not going to be
0: with a raisin.
1: Thank, anyway. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. But then yeah, she she redeems herself because mm. then she's like, uh, chocolate Easter Bunny. She goes, chocolate Easter bunnies with marshmallow inside. I'm like, yeah, there you go. Now you're talking. Mm. <laughs> I do love a good chocolate covered uh, marshmallow. I don't know.
2: See, that's where Amanda ruined it. I was, she said, oh, chocolate yeast running. I'm like, yeah, I could get behind that. It's got to be the solid chocolate. I don't want oh. hollow. I don't want
1: it filled. With I don't want hollow. hollow. Like- but I do mm-hmm. like the marshmallow. It's
2: got to be a oh, good marshmallow. No, no, you no. You don't no, no. like
0: the filled marshmallow ones. They no. are so no. good. They are
1: so good. No. Brock's does a really no. good one. Now I want Easter candy. No. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> But it's so cute because they're really, they're bonding, which they, this is the first time in three years they've bonded, you know, uh, yep. for real. Yep. You know, they, they had that moment um, with uh, Life of the Party when they were both mm-hmm. maids, but it wasn't quite, I mean, cleaning toilets doesn't bond you like talking about chocolate and being in a life right. or death moment, too, you know? So true. So yeah. It's, yep. it's pretty key. So this is really, I, like I said before, I think this is a really important moment for their relationship going forward i'm glad they did something like this you know this episode Mm -hmm.
0: francie should have spilled more like yeah never or (laughs) what secrets does she have because she thought she was going to die so it didn't matter
1: there's one little part in the script that's a little bit different in this scene. Amanda, shut up. I'd rather have air than apologies. And she says, you were, you were right, though. It is lonely. Amanda says, oh, good. I mean, good for you because if even if you do feel lonely sometimes, at least you're feeling. And that's so important. And she catches and she goes, Motormouth, sorry. I must be scared. I talk a lot when I, I'm scared. What do you do, Francine? And then she starts talking about the chocolates. Hmm. So it's a little bit more opening of the, lo- you know, her admitting that she is a little lonely Well, chocolate gives you a little bit of
0: a rush and it maybe helps you think better. you know hey okay, i'm scared i'm in a bad situation chocolate okay
1: yeah it kind of just, just right. a, like a, even if it's just like a little kiss you know like a hershey kiss just that little tiny bit it's just like i don't know just soothed hmm. i don't have that kind of restraint i admire people who do <laughs> Oh, don't get me wrong. I've eaten my share of, you know, a lot of chocolate. But I mean, just when you when you're feeling like overwhelmed, sometimes just a little bit just is like, oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. But I, I do have a problem when people don't have like chocolate. I'm like, I can't trust you. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> What kind of human being are you? Are you an alien? How do you not like chocolate? I know there yeah. are people. I have a, I, I think I have a niece that doesn't like chocolate. And I'm always like, what yeah, is wrong Yeah, my cousin. He's a boy, though. He doesn't like chocolate. Yeah, but, but my, niece, uh, my niece and I think her, my sister-in-law, They neither one of them wow. likes chocolate. And it's like, what is wrong with you I people? I wish I didn't.
2: I really do. But, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I am so laughing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like people that don't like dogs, I'm like, what's wrong with you?
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I know that there are people that don't like chocolate or dogs, and then they're perfectly fine. I'm just, it makes me question, that's all. I don't want people, I don't want to even start getting hate mail now. Right. God, we already have the soup people after us. <laughs> the cereal yeah. soup people after us. It's a very divisive issue. I'm Yes, it really is. It really is. Yeah. They, they're they really getting into the chocolate and then they're like, this isn't funny. We're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> now we go cut to the park and they're realizing that they're going to be coming on a on a motorcycle and Lee's like acts like oh we didn't think of that contingency but then he hops right on the motorcycle that's right behind him and he's also got gloves on so he obviously knew he was going to be riding a motorcycle It's just Mm -hmm. funny Barry's riding the motorcycle he comes down the road and then turns around and Lee's already on his way Barry gets down there and he's pretending like it's not him that's why he's got the helmet on and everything but he the the jig is up man your dad knows it's you you little bastard (laughs) and uh and Instead of shooting him, he pulls out the gun. And instead of shooting him, he like d- throws it down. And then he's like, he goes, give me the money, Pop. He goes, never. You haven't got the guts. Never say that to somebody. Like, what if they're like, oh, yeah, and then shoot you anyways, you know? Yeah. Not, not good to go goad the, goad the person that's got a gun. Uh, So then he throws down the gun and then they start fighting. The briefcase opens, papers are all going all over the place. And they are the papers, you guys. It wasn't cash. So he didn't take those bonds and turn them into cash. He's got the bonds, which is totally traceable. Those bonds, we have those. Uh, You can totally trace those things. They have serial numbers on all of them. And uh, so then he takes off. There's still some bonds on the the ground. Lee, quote Lee, it's not really Lee, uh, comes flying by to the motorcycle And then chases after Barry. Billy, realizing that Lee's going to be chasing after him and is going to need his car, he gets in Lee's car and uh, follows after him. Which will allow Lee then to use his car to go to Marvelous Marvin's as fast as he can.
0: And he does go very fast. Yes, he does.
1: (laughs) And how. (laughs) Cause he's only got a few minutes to get there, you know. Otherwise, they're gonna definitely be frozen fish sticks. So we get a really fun uh, ride through Griffith Park. That's for sure. This looks really pretty. And uh, it is
0: pretty. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and they're they're doing a whole bunch of fun stunts. I bet you the stunt guys just love this whole sequence with the motorcycles. Lee is right up there, and they're trying. uh, Barry's trying to kick uh, the motorcycle. And Lee takes that moment to, uh, as they're going over a little hill area and jumps, jumps Barry. Barry, you're, you're going to be toast here. He gets the better of him. Not surprising. And Lee pulls the gun out and says, the poison, where was it sent? And he's like, where's car? He goes, Carla has it. And where's she? She's on her way to the, uh, to the airport. And he's like, Amanda and Francine, where are they? And he said, in the flash freezer, number four, it's set uh, to go off at 4:30. After it does, you have 10 minutes. And uh, clearly tells him four, right? So when he gets there, oh, now he's back in the main vehicle, by the way.
0: And that's not Lee running up.
1: No, it is not. The building either. <laughs> it is not. But uh, he goes to Breezer number three first when he clearly told him four. So I guess he was just too excited and, and rushed. He didn't uh, pay attention to what he was doing. Uh, but he is flying, uh, hauling ass down there to get there. And the, the uh, freezer has now gone off and is now starting to fill the room. So it's going to be quite cold uh, in there for those ladies. And yeah, you're right. That is so not Lee running in there. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: But it is him running to, uh, the, in the warehouse to get to the freezer. And he goes to number three and opens it. Why are you wasting time? <laughs> then he goes around the corner and finds them in four. And he uh, covers his face and shoots off the, uh, the lock. Uh, he throws off a couple rounds she's off a couple rounds pulls it open hurries up and get and pulls it open and then he he calls out Amanda and and then pulls out uh Amanda and Francine at the same time they're little a little bit cold which she should know cuz he was in the freezer in uh um charity begins at home in season 2
2: right and then yeah. that's
1: that's how we end uh, the third act there
0: I like Francine in that color I love that color
1: yeah, she, lo- she does look good. She wears it a couple times. Now she's wearing it at the end here too. Except this now it's got the blue.
0: It looks good with blonde hair. Yeah. I would, I would
1: do that. Yeah, it looks nice. Amanda looks so tiny in that little pink outfit. Oh my goodness. She's yeah. like, that sh- freezer shrunk her more. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so she comes up and she's like, Francine's like, you know there's a strict code of confidentiality here. And She's like, yeah, oh, okay. She goes she goes, yeah, all right. She goes, I want you to know that none of that ever happened. She goes, no, she goes none of it. She goes, Well, what am I gonna do with these? And she goes, It's Deverona chocolate. She goes, But if none of it ever happened, you wouldn't have told me you love these, and I wouldn't I couldn't give them to you. She goes, Well, a little happened, a little bit happened. And then Billy and, and uh Lee are coming around the corner and she's like Trying to take him from her. <laughs> she finally gives him up. He's like, Well, we have some good news. Once Carla started talking, we were able to recover the poison. And uh, I got a call from the hospital. Eddie's out of his coma. And uh, and then Lee, uh, Billy sees uh, the chocolates. He goes, Oh, Deverona's chocolate. He goes, mm. She goes, Yeah. He goes, Who's a secret admirer? And she very politely says, uh, But that's uh, secret information, sir. Excuse me. And then she leaves. Well, in the script, she says, Amanda says, how's Mr. Metz? And Lee says, it was just a shoulder wound. So he got shot in in the script. I forgot to mention that. Uh, He's probably in St. Louis right now, tossing out the first fatso. (laughs) That sounds so bad. He's tossing out a fatso. (laughs) Uh, And Francine says, and I just got a call from the hospital. Eddie's out of his coma. Everyone's delighted. Billy notices Francine's candy. a chocolate, expensive. Who's the secret admirer? She says, that's none of your business. (laughs) It's for the bullpen. So in the script, Mm. she's a little uh, less uh, sweet about it than she is on the the actual film version. And then Amanda says something snarky, which is so funny, but (laughs) she's like, I think it's really nice that someone likes Francine.
2: (laughs) I picked that as a wonderful one-liner. Oh, that's super super cute. cute.
1: That's super cute. That's a good one. Boy, you really like this episode. I did. I know I had like a nice little arc. Uh, So in the script, I'll tell you what, how the end, how the tag goes, if you're interested. Mm -hmm. So Lee says, how are you feeling? Billy and Francine have left now. And it's just Amanda and Lee walking down the corridor there toward the elevator. And uh, Lee says, how are you feeling? And Amanda says, relieved, tired, cold, feel, goosebumps. And she offers her arm. He feels it, nods. They've reached the elevator. You are cold. You know, I've got the cure for that. And Amanda says, more field experience? He says, personal experience. She goes, oh, that. He goes, it works, but it takes some time and dinner and a special bottle of wine. And they step into the elevator. And Amanda says, well, mother and the boys are are at the movies and I am cold. And Lee says, we better start the treatment immediately. As the doors start to close. (laughs) Lee's got his arm around Amanda, and we freeze frame out.
0: That's more (laughs) Rare. That's like, let's go. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Give me some of that (laughs) treatment, please.
0: (laughs) Let's start the quote-unquote treatment.
1: Immediately. Immediately. So that's what the script entailed. But when we actually get his... Well, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm all right, you know. When I think about it, I can
2: still get a little cold.
1: Uh, well, you know something?
0: What?
1: i got just the cure for that.
2: Oh, you do, do you?
0: Yeah, it's going to take that? some time and dinner. Oh. And a very special bottle of wine.
2: It sounds great.
0: <laughs> By the way, uh, hmm? did you buy those chocolates for Francie?
1: Once on the lips, forever on the hips. <laughs> I do like what... The little sexy banter that we would have gotten in the script a little more, but this is cute. Yeah, this is sure. really cute. Yeah, it's cute, but it was definitely sexier.
0: It's a little flirty for number twelve. Yeah, for original. sure. Oh. For sure. I can see why you moved it back. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Towards <laughs> the end. Yeah, we moved it to um, eighteen. Especially with
0: that script, man. I know, Ringar. <laughs> like, My no, goodness. three.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, I do like this one. This one's a really fun one. It's serious, but it's still, there's a lot of fun stuff. And yeah. like I said, I love the whole Francine and Amanda part uh, that I think mm-hmm. they really needed between the two of them to kind of move into three and four, season three and four. Yep. So, really good. Yes. I agree.
0: I like this
1: one. Yeah. Very and true. I don't like all of season three. And I, I
0: really
1: no? Like this no, but you like this one. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, me. I a season one and season two. Yeah, that's true. My, I forget. my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I like one, then three, then two, then four. No, yeah. One, then three, then 4.0, like the first half of, like the first half of four, you know? And then two, and then four and a half. Season three
0: has Amanda just acting kind of differently in some of them. I remember
1: you saying that, yeah. Yeah, in Sour Grapes, I don't really like
0: that. But but then again, it has other episodes where she does act natural, and so... I have
1: yeah. choose which yeah. ones I like. Yeah, yeah. That's why I say four because that's the first half of four. And then four and a half is my least favorite, you know, which I think is everybody's least favorite probably. Yeah. Unless you're Francine unless you're Martha or, or a Francine a huge Francine <laughs> fan, you know, you probably like those the most. Right. But uh yeah. If you're a Amanda fan, you're gonna probably uh hate four point five.
2: <laughs> I have some stronger
0: reactions to four, like as her as an agent mm-hmm. i, I yeah. don't know i just know i don't like all of the scenes with her as an agent in four i don't think it's believable all the time but hmm. i'll okay. just say that and leave it there
1: yeah well we'll, we'll be <laughs> diving into that soon because we are at number 18 and we only have four left for the season Woohoo! and this is our last episode of 2020 goodbye dumpster fire of a year <laughs> Yep. Yeah. all good things in 2021 but yes I, that's there. what we're gonna we're gonna oh. hope for yes yes definitely so Miranda's not here, but Mrs. Marston sent me uh, over some mail. So I was going to just uh, take a take a look in the mailbox if you guys are, are up for it. Sure. We just got this actually uh, yesterday. This is from Danielle L. And uh, she writes, ladies, I just wanted to let you know I love your podcast and listen to them all the time when I run. I am training for a marathon and you are the best to listen to while I do it. I am a lifelong fan of SMK and write fanfic. She's Lady Cornflake on fanfic.net. It is so cool this community exists, led by super fans like you. Hey, we're super fans. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Today I listen to Utopia Now and you joke that you... Had one fan listening. Oh, yeah, I think I said that. Uh, I am sure it's way more, but this one fan is so thankful for your awesome podcast. Just wanted to tell you, keep it up, ladies. Danielle, that is so sweet. That one made That's my so day. Nice. That one was very yes, sweet. Thank you. That's very, very sweet. sweet. And, oh, my gosh, we very actually have somebody super. who's not sitting on the couch eating bonbons in 2020. She's up and doing a <laughs> marathon. Good Lord. Right. You go girl. Wow. I'm telling you if you guys ever see me running, you run like hell cuz there's something bad that's chasing me. I have I yeah. I was on a running kick for when I was like 30 to 34, I was running like 2 miles a day every day. And uh then I then finally it just dawned to me, I don't have to run anymore, so I kind of stopped and I haven't done it since. <laughs> but I was really into it for a while. I
0: like to walk. I've been walking a lot. Yeah. I, yeah, me too.
1: I'm, I'm not free-tos. a runner. I agree. I just, I've been in pain the whole time. And yeah. Yeah. I
2: never <laughs> got that indoor, like that runner's high that they talk about. Never right. once happened to me. I, mm-hmm.
1: I did get it. I mean, I was running, even outside in the winter, you know, like 20 degree yeah. weather, I was out there running. And I would, the first month I would just sit there and cough, like for an hour after I ran. And then Mm -hmm. I finally got used to it. And then I got that high. I did get into it where I was really enjoying it. I'd do Taibo and then I'd I'd go out and run. It was nice and quiet. Just nice to be outside. But I don't like doing treadmill running.
0: Some people have the cardio for it. You know, um, my husband this naturally is a good runner, long distance runner. And I'm I'm good at short stuff. Okay. But in terms of maybe I didn't train correctly, but
1: in terms of long distance running, um,
0: There's not I anything. admire people that can do it, but my knees and my back and I just, yeah, I
1: nowadays just, I couldn't do it. But when I was in my early thirties, early to mid thirties, I was doing it. But when I was in high school, I ran the one mile and the two mile in track. Mm-hmm, same. Yep. Anyways. Well, thank you very much, Danielle. We're glad you're listening and we appreciate that we have a uh, we now know who our one fan is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but it is nice. And con- uh, congrats on, uh, you know, training for the marathon. That's awesome. And uh, we'll definitely have to check your uh, fanfic out too. Thank you. And if you would like to talk to us, uh, you can send your questions or comments, yell at us about something we miss, whatever it is. Please be nice though. Uh, and you can send those to our uh, email at Chronicles at gmail.com. Uh, You can also reach us on our website, which I think is what Danielle did. Uh, And you can also reach us on our Facebook group as well, uh, which is MKC Podcast. So thank you so much. Thanks, Mrs. Marston, for holding our mail.
0: Now it's time to talk about videos that represent the themes within the episode Fast Food for Thought. One thing that stood out in this episode was the bonding that took place between Amanda and Francine when they found themselves trapped in a life and death situation. The first video celebrates this and all the wonderful friendships within this special series. The video is set to the song Anytime You Need a Friend by Mariah Carey, and the creative director is Westy Ray. The second video highlights Lee's feelings as we move forward toward the end of season three. It's all the little things he does, like wanting to follow her into her hotel room in this episode. And we can't think of a more relevant song as Can't Fight This Feeling by Aria Speedwagon. The video is set to this song and was developed by our very own T.J. S-N-K, O.V.R. Ernie the Camera found these videos on YouTube and we have also provided these links in the show notes for this episode on our website at mkcpodcast.com.
1: It's time for our last Dottie's Bookshelf of 2020. What started out as just a normal year quickly turned into a raging dumpster fire, but we got through it together with a little help from Dottie and her recommendations for fan fiction that tie into each of the episodes. She didn't disappoint. She's pulled two great stories for us to discuss. The first recommendation is No Other Thought by Kim D. was written in January 2001 with just under 3,000 words. This is an alternate universe AU story and the author poses a question What if it was Lee that was trapped in the freezer with Amanda instead of Francine? Oh my, how did that food not thaw? Dottie's second recommendation is a filler for Fast Food for Thought by Rank Amateur. Written in September 2001 with a little over a thousand words, the author gives us an idea of what she thinks Lee and Amanda were thinking during that cute scene after Amanda invited Lee in for coffee. Be sure to check out these stories. You can always find them on fanfic.net. Or we'll share the links on our website, www.mkcpodcast.com, in the show notes.
2: A couple of reminders as we close out this episode and 2020 overall. uh, We have many ways to connect with and contact us. Uh, Like Taya mentioned during the Mrs. Marston segment, we have our website, mkcpodcast.com, as well as our email, mskingschronicles at gmail.com. And of course, on Facebook and Twitter at mkcpodcast. We also have a private Facebook group you can join by answering two simple questions. Keep in mind that unless you answer both questions, we won't be able to approve you. So make sure you do that. Finally, tune in next time as we chat about Amanda's unexpected $100,000 windfall in the Triumvirate. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.